nobody, she got it. Any topic, beat it up like she rocky. It's about every game but hockey. These other pods do it sloppy. No copy and pasting. Only thing we plotting is most domination from east to the west. North to the south. Pull up J spot for the win. Yeah. Pull up J spot for the win. Yeah. Guarantee it's going in. Yeah. Just pull up J spot for the win. Yeah. We got Nelly with the news, double lose, don't be misconstrued, these is all facts, from the contracts to the combat, from the end zone to who at bat for the win, yeah, just pull up this spot for the win, yeah, pull up this spot for the win. I want to welcome you guys to another episode of the J Spot, thank you one, I always like to start off with thanking everyone for listening to all of the episodes. Um, make sure you guys go back, catch up on all episodes. This is my first episode of the new year of 2023. Had to take a little bit, a little break in the new year, um, but I'm glad to be coming back, giving you guys some good content. So today I have my friend Kenyatta with us. We both went to Temple. Um, he is now a basketball coach. Um, so Kenyatta, please say hello to the people. How y'all doing? Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. So just talk a little bit about your about coaching and where you're coaching dad and and how that's going. Okay. Um I'm in my 5th year as the head women's basketball coach at Community College of Philadelphia. Prior mm-hmm. to that, I did 5 years here coaching at World Communications Charter School um on, on the corner of Broad and South Street. Mhm. Um, and at, um, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you on, uh, at the charter school, were you also coaching girls or were you no. doing men's? No, I was coaching boys. Um, I was there okay. from 07 to 11, um, mm-hmm. the school closed down and uh, I had some success okay. there. I helped build that program. Um, mm-hmm. same, uh, with the women's program at community as well. They both mm-hmm. had winning traditions and I, I was blessed to have the opportunity to build those programs into competitive teams. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. So how, what is the difference going from a high school to like the college level when it comes to coaching? Um, I would say, of course, the talent levels. Um, mm-hmm. I would say you're dealing with older adults. So you balancing the egos, whereas you got a young teen, an early teen to a mm-hmm. late, to a young adult, um, mm-hmm. being able to, uh, balance the personalities and managing them especially if you recruited somebody that has some success in high school they come in with different uh you know mindsets and things like that so i would say uh mm-hmm. high school is easier because you're dealing with people who are trying to figure out the game and learn the game whereas in college mm-hmm. you're recruiting kids who are kind of established and you got to get them to coexist with other kids that are established so i would say managing personalities okay and how how tough is that managing I mean, because I know just in general, I mean, at my job, I'm a director at my job and managing, you do have to manage personalities when you're managing or when you're leading people. So how how tough is that when it comes to managing the different personalities? Um, I try to be authentic with them. I try to, mm-hmm. I tell everybody that you're going to get treated fair, but everybody's mm-hmm. not, everybody's not the same. And what exactly. a lot of young people think, they think that, uh, you know, they're all on the same level and they're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I heard mm-hmm. something uh, NBA coach said before, he said, if a bench player come late and Michael Jordan come late, um, Michael Jordan, not going to get the same treatment as that bench player as far as a mm-hmm. penalty. So mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. just the reality of uh, 
sports. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just being fair, treating everybody respectful, um, being mm-hmm. fair to everybody, but also being honest. I think being honest allowed me to have success transition over from coaching male to female players. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I, I bank on being authentic, honest and showing them that I care off the court and it mm-hmm. carries over to the court. Cause they trust once you got the trust from your players, um, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll play hard for you. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the differences? Cause you've coached both male and female. What are like some of the differences you've seen when it comes to coaching male and females? It's not as many as I thought. I have stereotypes um, coming <laughs> uh-huh. in, but one thing I learned is a person is a person. Um, a uh-huh. ball, a basketball player is a basketball player. You got some with uh-huh. work ethic. You got some without work ethic. You got some with attitudes, some with good attitudes. Only thing uh-huh. I would say is probably Mel's dunk. That's probably the only real difference. Um, uh-huh. I'm not going to get into the emotion side because I feel like I've coached female players who are not very emotional, and I've coached uh-huh. male players that are emotional. So I feel uh-huh. like that's not stereotype that I'm dealing with a whole bunch of emotions but I feel like it's not really as much of a difference as I thought it would be before I made the transition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now how is it because you you may be dealing with let's go to the high school side of it you may be dealing with some kids who may be coming from not that great of a, a home setting at home um maybe that their mother and father isn't together and they're coming in and you're kind of like that mentor role model type role how is that dealing with that when you have those kids who may may come from um home settings or backgrounds that may not be that great um again um I don't like to try to replace a parent but I try mm-hmm. to I just try to like you said be a positive mentor and lead by example talk about basic life skills like work ethic um mm-hmm. being on time uh you know, being, being an honorable person and, uh, being accountable. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I will be more like a, like a, some players like wish me happy father's day throughout Mm -hmm. on the outside, but, um, Mm -hmm. or like a big brother, uh, Mm -hmm. big brother type. Um, and just, you know, just trying to lead by example, Mm -hmm. you know, to be positive. I'm sorry. I may cut you off. Yo, no, you good. Now. I mean, in college, of course, the player's a little bit older, but like you mentioned, some of the female players may say Happy Father's Day and things. So even though they're older, you're still kind of acting as that mentor role there. Is it like the same between the high school and the, the college when it comes to that mentor setting? The age, or? Yes, the age difference okay. is not, not that much from a 12th grader to a junior. I'm, you know, I'm at a two-year school, a two-year college. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's only a year or two difference. So, yeah, it's kind of the mm-hmm. same, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so let's. I'm gonna kind of jump to another topic in the NBA that I'm sure everybody is aware of, kind of because we're talking about mentoring and um, things like that. So, of course, you've heard about John Morant and his whole situation. Um, where so before the, the incident with the flashing of the gun happened, he was like accused for flashing the gun at, it's, uh, I think, a 16 or 17-year-old, and then they said that he punched him after he flashed it. Of course, he hasn't, like, they didn't, he hasn't been um, found guilty of that. It's just accusations. And then a few days after that, he was on IG Live and flashed a gun on IG Live when he was, I believe they said he was in a strip club, and he then got suspended by his team. 
Um, hasn't been back yet. They just said yesterday that he's now in a like a counseling facility in Florida, I believe. And they don't know when he's going to be back. I, me personally, I doubt that he comes back this season. Um, what has been your feelings on that whole situation? It's interesting because after Temple, I got a master's degree in sport counseling. And what mm-hmm. people what people got to understand is these athletes are human beings. They have feelings, mm-hmm. they have emotions. And um, I tell my players all the time, like they're junior college players. I say, you're on billboards. You are mm-hmm. seen. You are not a regular person. And you have to accept mm-hmm. that you're not a regular person. So you have to conduct yourself when you're not around me because they see me when they see you. Um, this mm-hmm. is what I tell my players. Um, so if I feel that way about a, you know, a 20-year-old community college player, as far mm-hmm. as John Morant, um, he's on a way higher level. And he, mm-hmm. under, you know, he has endorsements and he represents, you know, the NBA. He's, they're trying to make mm-hmm. him the face, the face of the NBA. He just signed a big, yeah. he just signed a big deal. Um, and he was about to be the face of the NBA. That's what they were trying to do with him. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that, you know, his dad got a bad break with that. I feel like it's on him. Um, me mm-hmm. being me being a school teacher and being a coach, uh, parents and sometimes get a bad break if their kid is bad in school. That's how I feel about your mm-hmm. situation. Um, I feel like Josh is who he is. I feel mm-hmm. like he grew up in the suburbs um, and he wanted to prove that he's tough um, mm-hmm. after he made it. And I feel like people from the mm-hmm. inner People from the inner city don't want to prove they tough because they're happy they made it. So yeah. I feel like it's like a vice versa situation with Ja. It's like Ja, now now's the time to like you made it, bro. Like you mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. have to do none of that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm not gonna give a whole lot of slack for the strip club because a lot of them players mm-hmm. do that. But you know, mm-hmm. the whole gun situation, um, I was a little disappointed because uh I feel like he don't know who he He's not clear on who he is. Mm-hmm. That's why I think he do need that counseling to understand that, like, you are on a high level now. You made it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I um I was uh, talking the other day to a few friends, and one of the things that we brought up is that that's why um, some people say it's always good to have some veterans on the team. Yes. Um, I know that Memphis is, I believe they're like the second or third youngest team in the NBA. Like the the age range is around, I believe, 24. I think Steven Adams may be the oldest player on that team. Right. Um, and they don't have yeah. like that veteran presence in the locker room to let them know like, yo, you wilding out a little bit. You need to kind of. And Steven Adams didn't grow up probably in that type of, I don't know, but I think, I'm not sure where he's from, but I don't think he grew up kind of like the inner city to like give him mm-hmm. the type of the kind of game that he would respect because people respect mm-hmm. you if you, if you've been through something and something I heard a couple guys say on the internet is he need to give an Allen Iverson. I think that'd be the perfect mm-hmm. person for him to talk to who been through some stuff and seen some yeah. stuff. And um, if he was smart, um, he would seek out AI and get some good advice. Yeah. And then, like you said, too, he's he's from the he grew up in the suburbs. So he's trying to do that. Like, you know, that tough guy, like, you know, I I liken it to when I say sometimes when people go to college, away to college, especially when they come from a home where they were kind of sheltered and wasn't able to do a lot. And then they get to college and they just wild out and be like, what is going on? <laughs> like, yeah, we've seen, it? we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen that. Yeah. I'm, but yeah. It, it's kind of like in his instance, like he, he grew up 
in the suburbs. So it's like now he has all of this access to money and I mean, just access to everything. So he just, I mean, he just thinking he just living his life. But like you said, when you're on that, that level is different expectations. And I mean, he's the face of the franchise to be completely honest, uh, that Memphis Grizzlies team. So um, hopefully he, he, he's getting the help that he, that he needs and he comes back. Cause he's, he has, such he's such a great talent um I think, he, I think he will um the fact that he seek the help is respectful mm-hmm. some people uh need help and don't even go get it so the fact that he seeked it and he and he's actually a, being acceptive to getting it is a start mm-hmm. yep and then you know like i said you you you're a coach and you know you're mentoring kids uh college kids what are some like because they don't really ask, well, they may ask coaches this, but coaches I don't personally think may not talk about it a lot, but what are some like stresses of the job and of the duties that you have to do? And I got quite a bit of responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah. All right. So some of the stresses of the job, um, by me not being on campus at community, it's a commuter school and the players not living on campus and they traveling Mm -hmm. from different parts of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a challenge for, for the players from a, so mm-hmm. in return, it, it, it opens up the door for accountability issues, like not mm-hmm. doing work, not doing schoolwork and becoming ineligible. Um, my first two years, mm-hmm. my first year, I, I kind of inherited the job. Um, I got it late August, so I had no time to get recruits. So my record sucked, mm-hmm. but, but then next, my first recruiting class made history. They were top 10 in the country, but what, mm-hmm. but I was able to keep nine players <laughs> so by me keeping yeah. nine players i want you know i went undefeated i won a championship i won coach of the year and mm-hmm. then um the next year um i start losing players for academic reasons so mm-hmm. now i played the whole second half of the season with five players no subs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then wow. the, year, the year after that i lost seven players to grades and had to play with five players no hub. so i played three straight seasons with five players, no subs, the second half of the season, which is very hard for any coach to do. Actually, this year mm-hmm. I, have, I have one sub this year. So it's very um, hard for a coach when you're not there to get mm-hmm. into the academic stuff they need to stay eligible. So that's one mm-hmm. stress. Mm-hmm. Um, another stress is dealing with the politics of the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, officials can do some things that you probably don't like. I'm not going to get into all mm-hmm. that, but, you know, you kind of... You don't want to get fined, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of <laughs> know when political things are happening. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it at mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's a few um, few, few things that uh, can affect the job. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like I told you in the beginning, dealing with the personalities, players who think they should mm-hmm. be playing more, players who think they should be playing more but don't put the work in, um, or mm-hmm. get, out there, get, out, get out there on the court and don't perform. Um, on the level that they should be, but still want to play as if they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's something else that could be stressful about, you know, the job managing a personality mm-hmm. when uh, things are not going to play away. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, it's a tough job. Um, like you said, managing those personalities that can just be tough in itself. Um, so I always say coaching is, is, is a real tough job. Then you got a game plan for each team and, it's a it's a lot. Now, do you think that you'll ever be interested in like a, 
a professional sports level? Um, I'm open to the best opportunity for my career, honestly. Okay. Um, you know, it's, I just pray about it. And uh, if the opportunity presents itself, um, mm-hmm. I'll be willing to try uh, a four-year level or a mm-hmm. professional level if, if the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's, I I mean, I applaud you for what you do because I, like I said, I think that coaching is one of the toughest jobs um, really out here. It, it definitely is. Um, it definitely is. Now, let's switch over to a little bit of some uh, football talk, because I know you watch the Eagles in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, you know I did. You know I'm a dog. <laughs> I'm a dog. So what did you think of the Super Bowl game, man? Listen, I was rooting for y'all because y'all played the Chiefs, and they're in the same division as the Broncos, so I couldn't root for them. But what did you think of the game? <sighs> I mean, it's not fresh on my mind, but I'm going to say things that stuck with me. Um, I re- I remember Hurts. Uh, first of all, I was not a big Jalen Hurts fan coming into the season. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, okay. felt like, I feel like he inherited the job, um, mm-hmm. and I feel like he was more of a runner than a thrower, and I thought that he wouldn't be able to get us to the point that he got us to. But mm-hmm. when, we got, when we made the trades and we got the talent around him, and mm-hmm. I was with him from week one when he showed me he could throw every sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then uh, once he showed me that he could throw and, you know, he still had his running ability, I was like, wow, we got something special here. So um, he he impressed me at a very high level. That's one thing that stuck with me about the Super Bowl. He made mm-hmm. one mistake um, and mistakes happen in games. So he made right mm-hmm. back up for it. So, you know, the mistake he made, he made up for it. I'm, I'm not going to blame him. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the defense really, really let me down. I was highly disappointed in our defense. Um, yeah. You know, we couldn't get – I mean, I was disappointed in the field as well, but I'm not really an excuse type of person. Cause, mm-hmm. But I feel like the field did play a factor in us being able to get to Mahomes. Okay. I don't know if you are aware that there's a lot of issues on going on with the field. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I heard about it. I heard that the, the players after the game was just talking about how the field was horrible. I feel like the Chiefs benefited from that more than we did because we were known this year defensively for getting to the quarterback. Um. Mm-hmm. I feel like that penalty that happened at the end was the deal breaker for the game. Um, okay. Um, I feel like that – I heard Ray Lewis speak on it, you know, NBA mm-hmm. – uh, sorry, NFL Hall of Famer Ray Lewis. He said that – he said you can call that every play what they call, you know. Yeah. And, and they normally let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that that was the icing on the cake for us um, when they when he threw that flag. I feel like that was a tough one. Um to be thrown at that time of the game. I feel like mm-hmm. the players, I feel like the players should have decided that game. And I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like that wasn't a catchable ball. Um mm-hmm. now if it was a catchable ball, I would see why he threw it, but I feel like it wasn't. But at the end of the day, um they executed better um in the second half. And uh, you know, our defense, our defense stayed in Philly. Yeah, man, the, the Eagles defense that second half was just that the fact that they that they let them come back like that, but Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field. Um, that Super Bowl, he he definitely was the best player on the field, and I agree. The call, um, they that definitely, like you said, like Ray Lewis said, that's something that happens on every play. I feel like you probably can call a penalty on every play, um, and then that instance, you do got to let that go and just let. Let like you said, let the players decide the game. I would have loved to see Jalen Hurts have the ball 
Um, and I think it was like under two minutes to see if he could drive down the field. So I think that was disappointing as a fan because you just want to see that. Um, now, do you think the Eagles, with some of the offseason moves they've done so far, do you think next year they'll be back? I'm I'm one of them people. I don't live life like that. I'm a live for the day person. Tomorrow night promise. Mm-hmm. I heard Kobe Bryant say that before. I live for today. Tomorrow night promise. That's why I was mm-hmm. highly disappointed because there's no guarantee that we're ever going yeah. to again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things that got to be into your favor. So many injuries can happen next season. We could mm-hmm. lose first next season, and that would ruin everything. So, um, Noah, I don't think mm-hmm. that far ahead to answer your question. I can't say yes or no. Um, you know, we, we're going to lose some pieces. I don't know if Slay's, Slay is going to come back. Some of our yeah. defense. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got to see the moves we make. Um, and I'm going to do it like I always do it every season. I take it week by week because football yeah. is a week by week sport. And, you know, for people mm-hmm. just say their team is going to go to the Super Bowl, um, you know, when we won it that one year, uh, 2017, you know, people mm-hmm. don't go back. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, we didn't touch it in five, what, five years? So Yeah, yeah. Know, it's not a guarantee that we're going to get back. Yeah, no. it's it's tough to get back it is. to that biggest stage, that Super Bowl. And like you said, you don't know what injuries. Like, you guys were that besides the few games that Jalen Hurts missed, for the most part, and I think Lane Johnson here at the end of the season, but y'all were, like, injury-free. The Eagles right. didn't have too many injuries, but you can't count on that this season um I do think though that the I think they have a good shot because me personally I don't think it's too much quarterback competition on that side of the conference um especially if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets which which it looks like will happen um you don't have too many good quarterbacks in that conference I feel like Um, I think I feel like Dak is good. He's just not a playoff. Yeah. Uh, he's, not, yeah. he's not like somebody who comes through in the playoffs. I think he's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think that makes it a little bit easier because most of the quarterbacks are on the other end. I mean, you got Joe Burrow, you got Patrick, um, you got Josh Allen over there. Now you might have Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's more con- quarterback competition on the other end. But like you said, it, it's it's tough to go back to a Super Bowl, especially the year after. Yeah. Because and you then, got players we were, that's going to want more money. So it's it's tough. Yes, yes. And we were underdogs. Yeah. I'm about to talk about something very deep, though. Mm-hmm. My biggest fear is every time a quarterback get a big deal, they never they, – mm-hmm. they, like, look at all the – let's talk about the quarterbacks that got big deals. Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys, they got the big paycheck and they team, you know, didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. So Hurts, everybody, Carson um, Carson Wentz, when he got paid, his supporting mm-hmm. guest wasn't the same. Like people block mm-hmm. a little bit. People don't catch the ball the same. Now, one mm-hmm. thing that Hurts got in his favor is his wide receivers are his friends before they came to the Eagles. They were college. Yeah. So I don't think he mm-hmm. would have that issue. Um, mm-hmm. but a lot of I think a lot of jealousy comes out when these quarterbacks get big contracts. Yeah. And that's why their teams decline. Like even when I think Kirk Cousins got a big contract one year. Jared yeah. Goff. Mm-hmm. All these guys. I mean, let's name a quarterback that got a big contract beside Patrick Mahomes, probably the only quarterback I know off mm-hmm. the top of my head. Like when Eagles won a Super Bowl, Nick Foles probably is making 
one million dollars, two million dollars a year. Yeah. But when but all of a sudden we got the same players with Carson Wentz and people can't catch the ball now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People ain't blocking the same. Now all of a sudden the line can't hold up. Then once mm-hmm. they get hurt, all of a sudden the line can block now. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so like I feel like jealousy comes with with pay sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of my fears. If Hurts get a big contract, like Hurts ain't really make no money this year. So yeah, everybody rotting and dying for yeah. Him. But if, mm-hmm. if Hurts start making fifty million dollars a year, you mm-hmm. know that love's still gonna be the same. That's another. Yeah. That's another fear of mine. Yeah. Now, do you think? Talking about contracts, I I know that they have stated it's it's been kind of going around that Lamar is looking for a guaranteed deal, kind of like how um oh his name is forgetting me, the guy from the Browns, the quarterback. Oh yeah, kind of uh, like um Sean Watson. Yes, the Sean Watson, kind of like how the deal he got when it was fully guaranteed. Do you think Lamar, if he doesn't have no playoff wins, he does he's been injured. Do you think he's he don't have an like agent, he, right? No, he doesn't have an agent. Do you think he should get a fully guaranteed deal or or no? What year is he in? Do you know? Is he like year six or something? I don't know how old he is. So I can I'm I'm gonna check real quick. I'm gonna you. tell you what would have helped him. You wanna know what would have mm-hmm. helped him? It's a copycat lead. And if Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. would have won a Super Bowl, if Jalen Hurts would have won a Super Bowl with his legs this year, they would have gave mm-hmm. him. David gave him the deal. Well, how many running quarterbacks won a Super Bowl? Not I, I can't remember the last one. That is, That's my point. That's my that point. No, that's my point. So Hurts would have changed the game for a lot of those African-American quarterbacks to use their legs a lot. And by him mm-hmm. not winning the Super Bowl, although it wasn't his fault, mm-hmm. that would have got Lamar's deal. But mm-hmm. a lot of the owners, they probably think he's uh, – you know, he might get hurt because he uses legs a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, he don't have the credentials of winning in the playoffs like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going be honest, black quarterbacks are just judged different than, you know, mm-hmm. quarterbacks. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. It's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. And, he's um, in his fifth year. Oh, yeah, I figured he's around five or six. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like if he was going to get it, now would be the time. If he don't get it, like, now, and I don't think he would. Um, mm-hmm. But... It's a tough question. Like I said, yeah. until I see a quarterback win with his style, a Super mm-hmm. Bowl, because you're paying these you're paying these quarterbacks to potentially win a Super Bowl, sell tickets, make sure mm-hmm. s- some, some franchises already have s- sold out stadiums. So why do we need to pay them this? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's, it's hard just because, I mean, the Browns kind of messed it up <laughs> for everybody, given Deshaun Watson. But it's hard because, like I said, he hasn't won in the playoffs and he gets hurt. So it's like, are you willing to give him a fully guaranteed contract when he doesn't really have the – now, he's a great quarterback, like great running with the ball. I think throwing, he's okay. He's not the best. But like you said, it's it's tough. It's, It's tough. It's tough to give him that fully guaranteed deal. Yeah. But I think that they're going to have to do something soon because you got a few other quarterbacks that are are due. Like you got Hurts that's due. I think Joe Burrow is due for a new deal, Justin Herbert. So it's like the market is going to keep resetting itself. So like they got to do something. Yeah, but they got the Super Bowls. They got the Super Bowls. So they got some. Well, that's true. 
Yeah, they got leverage. They got more leverage than Lamar. So he he's not on that level. And he had to be honest with himself and understand that he's not on that level right now. That's true. That's true. So when we talk about players kind of doing those things when it counts and at the highest level, let's talk about LeBron a little bit. You know that he, of course, broke the uh, scoring record in the NBA for all-time score, uh, currently passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What do you think that will do for his legacy? Um, I think it solidify him as at least the second best player in history. Um, mm-hmm. My opinion, I think it solidify him as second, first mm-hmm. to some, first to some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the most impressive thing about it is how he did it. He wasn't even chasing it. I don't feel because he could have. He was yeah. good enough to take thirty shots a game on, for every coach he played for. They, he always had the ball in his hands. They always mm-hmm. let him do whatever he wanted to do. But he chose to be like a all around player because he mm-hmm. he could have scored way more points than he scored already. But his mm-hmm. style of play is like more like a Magic Johnson um, mm-hmm. player than like a Michael Jordan who got it, you know, get and Kobe Bryant who like to put it up. So mm-hmm. the fact that he did it, um, not shooting a lot and as efficient as he did it is extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. Me. I think he solidified himself on a Mount Rushmore of all time great players to play in the NBA. If there's a Mount Rushmore, LeBron is right there. Um, for his generation, they would say he's the best. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I, I had a chance to see Michael Jordan, the tail end of Magic mm-hmm. Johnson, those guys. And, uh, you know, Mike Mike and LeBron is like one and two to me. They like, I mean, like yeah. A, B, like one A, one yep, B. I agree. Yeah, they're like one A, one B. <laughs> but somebody said something that was, Jordan actually said this. I was watching uh, Jordan earlier. There is no best. He said it. People are yeah. just, the best. people are the best of their era. Era. And, uh, mm-hmm. Like, what was the best of his era? You know, uh, Kareem had a, uh, time when he was the best or magic mm-hmm. Jordan was the best of his era you know LeBron was the best of his era you know and LeBron's starting to pan out you know kind of fade get a little older it might be mm-hmm. KD, or KD or Steph Lee for a while you know mm-hmm. so I agree with Mike it's too hard to say somebody's the best because it, what is it based off if it's rings Russell not the best to me I, I don't like I watch mm-hmm. his style of play I don't know mm-hmm. Russell's got more rings than everybody I don't think he's the best so we can't just say yeah. You know, we can't just say points because if Jordan played 20 seasons, he would score probably more than LeBron. Jordan mm-hmm, played probably mm-hmm. like five, five or six less seasons than LeBron. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. um, so, you know, it's just too hard to say somebody's flat out the best player. Everything is opinion based, but mm-hmm. I think what Jordan said make the most sense. Um, I think LeBron, yeah. I think LeBron be a little bit arrogant about it, calling himself the GOAT. And a mm-hmm. lot of people say Jordan never even called himself the GOAT before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it, if depending on who you ask, like you said, you're going to get, for me, it's Jordan because I saw Jordan play. I remember I was at a, a, like a little prom and instead of us being at the prom, we probably were not, well, not probably, we weren't supposed to be in here, but we was in a little hotel bar watching the Bulls game. Like we wanted to see Jordan play in one of the finals games. So like, for me, it was Jordan. I liked his style of play. Um, I just like the way he's just like, you know, give me the ball. I'm going. I'm taking the last shot. I don't care if there's three people guarding me. I'm getting the shot up. That's just the type of player that I like. But like you said, if you ask people who grew up watching LeBron, then they're going to say LeBron is the best player. So I, I do. I hear people say that a lot, that you have players who were the best in their era. Um, I'm gonna tell you why I can never say Kobe is. over LeBron. I'm gonna tell you why I can excuse me, I mean cut you off. 
I can never say Kobe over LeBron, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. They they actually played head-to-head 22 times, and if I'm not mistaken, LeBron won 16 of those games. Mm -hmm. And the ones that Kobe did win, it was in like -hmm. like his first years in the league when he had Shaq with him. So so he averaged more points, more rebounds, had more Mm -hmm. assists, and shot a better field goal percentage in head-to-head battles, and he beat him. Mm-hmm. 16 of 16 out of 22 times. So when people mm-hmm. try to say Kobe or LeBron, I'm like, no, he's not there. I, yeah. Because they played each other. Yeah. Like you, I have it 1A and 1B. Like <laughs> that's how that's how close it is. I give Dritten the edge just because I we came up on that, right? That's our era. Yeah, I came up, up as kids. watching Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, it literally is. And I think just what even LeBron does off the court, like oh, yeah. the community oh, yeah. work that he does, his school, and you've never heard him in any controversy or drama or any stuff out, you know, off the court. So it's, it's he he really has done it on and off the court. So I think that off the court plays into it as well. Now, what do you feel like the state of let's go to the let's start off with the West right now. Okay. Um, when it we're we're going into the last maybe few games of the season, the the season will be over in about maybe three to four weeks. So looking at the West, um, how do you think the West is going to shape out heading into the playoffs and going into the finals? I have a feeling, um I know Golden State didn't have a great year, but I feel like they got mm-hmm. the experience, um, championship pedigree. I feel like them and Sun, them and the Phoenix Suns, are mm-hmm. going to end up beating up um, in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I okay. feel like the Grizzlies pretenders. Mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like Denver is pretenders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think with KD, Chris Paul, and uh, Booker, that's mm-hmm. that's a crazy three right there. Yeah. Then they still got Aiden, so I think mm-hmm. I think Phoenix might come out the West um, unless mm-hmm. Golden State get, getting a you know Seth Seth and Clay and I'm playing at a high level, um, mm-hmm. but I think Phoenix. But I, I but KD got hurt though, right? Is he out, he not out for the season? Is so they said that he'll be reevaluated. I want to say in about two to three weeks, which he probably won't come back into the playoffs because there's not that many games left. Yeah, 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 right. So, so he, like, I when I'm in season, I mean, I totally to done. Yeah. I oh, no, no, totally no, no. He'll be back. Oh, okay. yeah, he'll be back in the playoffs. He'll okay. be back in the playoffs. So, so if he coming back in the playoffs, they're going to be a tough out because you have to deal yeah. with KD one-on-one. It's kind of like when he's at Golden State. You're not going to be able to leave Book Roman, so you're not going to be able to send two at mm-hmm. him. You know, mm-hmm. Chris Paul still make mid-range shots at a high level. And mm-hmm. they got a couple other role players. Um, they going to be a tough out, Phoenix, with uh, Kevin Durant. I think they got a chance to win the whole thing, honestly, for yeah. the, the West Coast. Yeah. Now, I know you mentioned Golden State. I agree with you. I think that with Steph, Steph coming back healthy and them kind of getting their groove back now, but do you think their, their role record is, like, horrible? Do you think that will hurt them in the playoffs, or do you think they'll be able to like flip that switch in the playoffs? And I only get, kind of get yeah. Rolling? I mean, I don't get into re- regular season playoffs. It's two different ball games, and when you got the experience mm-hmm. they got, I don't feel like I feel like Steve Kerr don't really care about the. I won't say he don't care, but like mm-hmm. um, 
he got so much confidence in his team. I, I don't think he really worried about if he got to go a, a road or whatever. I feel like mm-hmm, they got so much mm-hmm. experience and championship experience that that don't that don't even matter. Once you in the playoffs, um, and you you playing as guys who haven't been in those battles and had them lights on in the moments, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think none of that. Yeah, your record means nothing once you get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think about the Kings, Sacramento? I think they may have surprised a lot of people. To me. Mike Brown, their coach, is the coach of the year, in my opinion. Just how far I was, I was tough on Mike. Okay, you was. Yeah, I was a fan of Mike. I wasn't a fan of Mike before he got to the Kings. Yeah, because this this the first coaching job he did, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, They really, really impressed me. I feel like LeBron was like carrying them in Cleveland, and then Mm -hmm. like after Cleveland, he couldn't even really get a job like that. Uh, Kobe did. You know, he called Kobe up when he get the job, and Kobe like played him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> you know, Kobe didn't respect him and got him out of there in like a month. He didn't even last like a yeah. month. So yeah. you know, he never really showed me nothing as a head coach outside of LeBron, like you know, mm-hmm. carrying those Cleveland teams. Uh, so this is the first coaching job that he really impressed me. Like, wow, Mike Brown is really yeah, he has me. yeah, he showed me he a better coach than I you know I thought he was. Yeah. Now, I know you mentioned Denver a little bit. They've been on top of the, the West for a minute now. So do you do you think they'll make some noise in the playoffs? Or like I, I know you said they're probably they're pretenders. Do you think that it'll be a a first round exit? Maybe or... second. Maybe second. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna respect them enough. But the scary part is if they run into the Lakers and AD. And LeBron come back and AD and them guys, mm-hmm. they got D'Angelo Russell now. Lakers a scary team. I'm gonna be honest. If Lakers get mm-hmm. in there, gotta play one of them top seeds. I would not mm-hmm. want to see a. I would not want to see AD, LeBron, and D'Angelo Russell in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. The Lakers they definitely got better uh, at the trade deadline when they made some of them those trades. And that that Russell trade, I thought was a, a really good trade for them. Um, D'Angelo Russell, that is. When they when they got him and like you said, I think healthy they can be a tough out as well. Whoever they whoever they play, I think that that'll that'll be a tough out for them. Now let's look at the East. So how are you feeling about the East? Of course, at the top right now you got the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers. But how do you feel about the Eastern Conference? I feel like the Boston, um, Boston and the Bucks are probably going to make it to the Eastern Finals. I'm a diehard Sixers fan, but mm-hmm. we we still missing something. I feel like we need that that small forward position to advance. I feel like Tobias don't bring enough for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was genius bringing Maxi off the bench. I always say mm-hmm. that we were going to be a championship caliber team. Maxi would need to be a six-man. Reason being, mm-hmm. reason being, he looks to score too much for me. And he don't okay. make a lot of people better on the court. He's a bucket getter. He reminds me of Lou Williams. So mm-hmm. bringing him off, having that, being, having a player to come off the bench is a guaranteed 20 to 25 points in the playoffs. And if we used mm-hmm. to get a, like a, a a small forward, just like a top 10 type of small forward player with Embiid mm-hmm. and Harden, that, that, that's when I think Sixers would be ready. They still not mm-hmm. there yet. And they need a couple of shooters too. Um, okay. I feel like Boston, um, uh, Got got some players, and I feel like they're gonna be a tough out. Um, they coached mm-hmm. the job his first year, and the Bucks got the championship pedigree. Um, so of course they're gonna also be a tough out. I feel like the top three teams are the ones who are gonna be there in the end for these. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't see, I think um, the Knicks may make a little bit of noise. I think they'll be a tough out. But like you said, I think it's those top three. Those are like, that'll be the three that'll that'll be in it in the end. Um, but I do think the Knicks can, Jalen Brunson, uh, Brunson, he's been a little hurt. He's been hurt. He's missed it these last few games. So if he's healthy, I think that they they can make some noise in the playoffs. The Cavs, I don't know, because I feel like for me personally, Donovan Mitchell hasn't been consistent in the playoffs. Oh, um, sure. He kind of like in the bubble. And that's <laughs> another reason. That's, the way you feel about Mitchell is the way I feel about James Harden. That's another reason why. Okay. I can't say the Sixers are ready because he got to show me. James yeah. Harden showed me in the playoffs yet in the big games. So the way you feel about Mitchell is how I feel about James Harden. Why for the Sixers, it's just they need that other player at the small forward to take the pressure off Harden. Yeah, yeah. Now, when it comes to MVP this season, who do you think the MVP is in the NBA? I did a little bit of homework on you, and um, I feel like <laughs> Joel Embiid, in my opinion, was MVP last year. Um, uh-huh. He led the lead in scoring the first center to do that in a long time. His team had a pretty good record. Um, mm-hmm. I'm real disgusted how they go about the MVP now. And I feel like when fantasy basketball came about, um, mm-hmm. the credentials of the MVP kind of went down. It was more focused on like numbers. Like, for example, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the triple double. All right. The first mm-hmm. time that was impressive because, you know, he's the first player to, you know, do that in a long time to get the triple mm-hmm. double. Okay. Joker is another player who always stay around a triple-double. He put up numbers. Mm-hmm. But I'm old school. I like the MVP to be the top players on the top teams. Mm-hmm. And if your team is not at least, like, third, I think when Joker won it, what was Denver record? Were they, like, fifth or something like that? You mean last year? Last year. Oh, yeah. They was, like, because to get to the playoffs, they had to win the play-in game because they had right. to play in the play-in. That's so, yeah, they was in that lower end. Yeah. That's my point. So if your team is not at least like top two or top three, I feel like you shouldn't even be an MVP in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're doing some outrageous stuff. All right, the MVP for Russ was outrageous because we mm-hmm. haven't seen that so long. But um, if you're not like the top dog on a winning team, I feel like you shouldn't get MVP of the NBA in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, if they get this man MVP three straight times, I would, you know, I just, <laughs> it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't hold the same, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hold the same weight with me. The MVP wouldn't hold the same weight with me. Yeah, I think that's me my personal. whole thing. It's just like to get it three times in a row, like a three back, back to back to back. It's like I, me personally, I feel like even to get it two times in a row, I feel like last year when he got it the second time, he, you have to have done something more spectacular than the first time you got it. And to me, right. he didn't. Right. Like, to and get two back-to-back MVPs, like, you had to have done something that was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, this was just – I went to the game. To me. Jay, I went to the game when they played the Sixers MVP year, and I wanted to see mm-hmm. – you know, I got a friend of mine who's a big fan of his that says he's the better than beat. So I said, I'm going to go to the game. I got to see it. And B, mm-hmm. I think B had like 30, almost close to 40 points. And he scored like almost like 20-something points on Joker. And, mm-hmm. and Sixers, I, I think Sixers lost. I think the kid Bones yeah, Holland. I was at that Bones, game. Bones Hollins hit a couple. It, wasn't, uh-huh. it wasn't because of Joker, though. The, yeah. the bench, I think uh, DeMarcus Cousins came off the bench. And I think he hit mm-hmm. like big shots and had like double figures off the bench. And Bones Hollins came off the bench. You know, he, he's a local kid. 
from like mm-hmm. Washington, Delaware, and he played really well off the bench. So they mm-hmm. didn't even win because of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, if, if DeMarcus Cousins ain't come in, you know, and be really exposed him and, like, really did him. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. he played really well against him this year, too, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, at the, the game they played this year, I think B had, like, 40. That's what I'm saying. Or like every, 39, something like that. And when I got in this debate with a friend, I said, let me look up and be head to head record against these great centers. And B don't have a losing record against every center they say was better than them. If you go, yeah. if you Google head to head and B versus Joker, Joker will only have probably more assists than B. And B will mm-hmm. have probably more points, just as much or more rebounds. And he probably beat them probably like five out of, if they played six or seven times, he probably won like five of them. Joker might only mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. he probably beat and B head to head like two times out of like probably like eight or something like that. So how yeah. could I, just like I said with Kobe and LeBron, I can't say somebody better than somebody if they, if you've not beaten them. Like Jordan mm-hmm. beat everybody. That's why we can say Jordan was better than everybody. He would beat everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, how could I say that Joker's better than the beat if he not, he not winning when they go ahead there? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just can't see. Like you said, last year, I thought Embiid should have won it. And I think he got robbed last year. And it's like, this year, like, because they the the excuses that they did, like one excuse was like, well, uh, Jokic got a better record than Embiid. Well, you can't really say that now because he only won like they only won Denver only won like one or two games more than the Sixers right now. So you can't really use the whole record thing. And then it was the whole head to head because I know they was like last year, well, Embiid outplayed them, but Denver won. I'm like, what? Like they just come up. It's just like. Let me throw some numbers at you. Let me throw some numbers at you. Let me throw some numbers at you. I just Googled it. Head to head. Seven games they played each other, right? And Mm -hmm. B won five. Joker won Mm -hmm. two. I just told you that the one of the Joker wins was because of the bench. We was at that game. So really Mm -hmm. only beat him one time, in my opinion. The points points, and B averaged almost 26. Joker averaged 22. Rebounds. And B averaged almost 12. Joker averaged nine. Uh, assists, Joker seven. Where we know he a better passer, and B average mm-hmm. more steals and more blocks in their head to head battle. Yeah, so B is well, only, only category, B, but yeah, you know, B play defense, Joe Jerker ain't playing no defense, correct? That's another thing. So, how could I say somebody better? Somebody if a head to head battle is five to two, and one of the wins I witnessed myself for Joker, the bench like Demarcus Cousins and Bones Holland pretty much won that game. Um, mm-hmm. And he got every stat category better than him except for assists. And we all know Joker a better passer. Yeah. So you yeah. can't tell me he better than him. Yeah. You know, like you can't tell me that. I'm not going to listen to that. Mm-mm. Nah, I think Embiid, man, he's so skilled. His footwork, like even that game winner he hit the other night, the 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 uh, he did like the little spin fadeaway. Like who at seven feet is doing it? Yo, they <laughs> he. He had this thing with Kobe, an image of Kobe and an image of him. He looked he looked just like Kobe Bryant at seven foot, his footwork and his shots. Yeah. He's just, he's amazing, man. What just what he can do is just is just crazy. I just hope that before he either I hope he retires a sixer. So before he either retires or hopefully it doesn't happen, but if he ever leaves, that he's just able to win to win it here. Cause I think he really loves playing here. Um, now did you see the comments that matisse made no the other day about philly so they had asked him when portland played them on friday 
they were talking to Matisse about, um, you know, his time in Philly and in his comments, he kind of made it seem like it's a lot of pressure playing here and he kind of didn't enjoy it. And now like he's in Portland and he's enjoying it and he's having fun and he can like play freely. And so, and B came out after the game and was like, he was a little upset about the comments that Matisse made because, and he just talked about how everybody can't play in Philly, which I do agree. I'm about to say there's some truth to that though. It is. Yeah. Like everybody can't, he said, everybody can't play in Philly. Like Philly is a tough town. Like you're just expected. They just expect you to win. And he was just like, everybody, you got to be that type of player. Everybody can't do it, which I think is what happened with Ben Simmons. And maybe is what, what happened with Matisse now that he made those comments. Now, what do you think about that? Um, There's some truth to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got to be a hard-nosed player. You got to be mentally tough um, to yep. play here. Um, I feel like, but one thing that Allen Iverson was trying to tell Ben, you get, we give you the same amount of love as we give you the same amount of hate when you don't perform though. So if mm-hmm. you're good and you're performing, we're going to give you love. Like you're going to mm-hmm. love it here. But if, if you're not putting out your best effort, um, we're going to let you know. That's mm-hmm. just the bottom line. Um, might say some things that ain't nice. and But the thing that I like about the city is if you start playing good again, we'll give mm-hmm. you props again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that the city, I actually think that the city loved Batiste. Um, I think he was a, I believed he was a fan favorite. I actually liked him. I just think that people felt like he could have worked on the scoring part of his game more. Yes. And I I think that that's where people kind of gave him a tough time. Um, But I mean, you want, you want that because they're going to double and beat and you want to get those wide open corner threes and you got to be able to knock at least some of them down. Yeah, it's true. So, so yeah, so, so you said that you got in the West, you got the Suns or the Warriors, and then in the East, you got the Bucks or the Celtics, right? Yep. Now, do you know now who you think will go to the finals? Or do you, you gotta, you gotta watch this? I was a guess. I mean, I mean, you want my educated guess? Yeah. Um, I would say Suns in Boston. Okay. And then who you think will win out of those two? Boston got some experience. I think it'll be competitive. But if KD mm-hmm. is healthy, um, I would like I would personally like to see Chris Paul get his first ring. And I think mm-hmm. Spike can take him out in, in six. Okay. F, that's if KD is on his A game and Booker is on his A game. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that's I don't think that series will go more than six either way. But if I had to pick a team, mm-hmm. I, would, I would pick the Suns because of Kevin Durant. Depending on okay. his yeah, depending on his Okay, okay. All right. Now, before we end, I want to ask you one question, kind of going back to your coaching experience and coaching. You know, there may be somebody who might be interested in coaching or who may be thinking about it. What's some advice that you can give someone who may be looking to get into um, coaching? So a lot of people don't know. Um, I came from the bottom. Um, find you a good mentor. Um, be mm-hmm. an assistant coach first and learn under a good coach. Um, attend a lot of clinics, seek out coaching clinics. Um, you know, coaching is a copycat, uh, you know, 
basketball in general is a copycat sport. Um, there's always somebody before us that did it. Like for example, uh, Kobe, you know, study study Michael and look how great mm-hmm. his turned out. Um, you know, you can study different cultures and different styles and then implement your own. And that's what I tried to do. I, um, I did a lot of volunteering. A lot of people want mm-hmm. like, I'm getting paid. I'm not doing anything. But what people don't realize is um, volunteering is the best thing you can do because, you know, you're doing it for the love. Okay. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're starting out. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing it for the love. Um, and then, you know, build your resume up, volunteer it at some camps, then work your way up to going to like some paid camps. Um mm-hmm. Try to uh, find you, like like I said, uh, a coach who you respect, who you know has some success. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just not just winning games. Coaches is way more important than winning games, though. That's what people got to understand. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, you're a mentor. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be on point. It can't just be about winning games if you want to get into coaching. That's another mm-hmm. advice I would give a young person. Don't let your only focus be on winning. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're managing people and personalities. You got to really care about who you're coaching, get to know them, uh, learn their likes and dislikes, mm-hmm. um, you know, find a mentor and uh, work your way from the bottom. Yeah, that's that's some uh, definitely some great advice. I like what you said about working your way from the bottom because um, you definitely need to get that that experience and that that mentor in your, in your life that can, that can help you, you know, get to where you want to be. Um, now this is your first time coming on the podcast. So I like to ask all of my first time guests, uh, one final question. So what are your top five favorite movies? Ooh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a base it off ones that I could watch over and over again. And I got okay. one. I got one. I got one you probably never heard of. All okay. right, Above the Rim. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite movie, Above the Rim. Okay. When I was a kid, I used to watch that over and over and go play basketball. Um, for those who might, the younger generation who might not know what Above the Rim is, uh, it was an inner city basketball movie with Tupac, um, rapper mm-hmm. Tupac and Dwayne Martin. And, you know, it was really good. Look it up. Um, Independence Day. Okay. Independence Day was one of my favorite movies. Uh, Die mm-hmm. Hard, the first Die Hard. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite movies. Okay. Um, it's this the underrated one you probably don't know. It wasn't a, like okay. a movie. There's a movie called Most Wanted. It has, it yes, had, I've heard of it. I've it seen had, it. It had Keenan Ivory Waynes and basically mm-hmm. uh, somebody shot the first lady and framed him and like the whole world was like chasing this dude all around and it was like action mm-hmm. comedy. It was the oldest Wayne brother. Um, most wanted was definitely one of my favorite movies, and my fifth one. Ooh, damn. Uh, <laughs> probably Friday. Okay, the first one. Yeah, the first one. I like okay. the I like most of them, but the first one was really good. Yeah, the first one was that. That was probably to me the best out of out of all of them. Okay, those are those is above the realm. That I haven't. That was a good movie. I haven't seen it in a minute. Um. But definitely, definitely a, a good movie. Um, so before we end, you actually wrote a book and you have a book out. So talk a little bit about your book and where can everybody purchase it at? All right. So I currently have an ebook out right now. Um, it's on mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble's website. But you have to, uh, you can actually download it to your phone. And um, my my reason for writing a book, um, I have a lot of experience coaching. And it's my passion. And I realized that um, 
I was blessed with the gift of teaching people how to shoot a ball. Um, mm-hmm. I had four straight player of the years um, at the college level, and my team was top five in the country four years in a row nationally um, and mm-hmm. field goal percentage. So that's when I realized, like, this is a gift of mine. And um, I want to, you know, our 10 games, I see a lot of young kids shooting forms be off. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, lot of, a lot of shooting be down. So I said, what could I do to help not just young people? This book can help mm-hmm. anybody from elementary to professional level. Um, and the name mm-hmm. of the book is Step-by-Step Guide to Improve Your Shooting Percentage in 24 Hours okay. Guaranteed. In 24 Hours Guaranteed. Um, you can find it on Barnes & Nobles for the ebook. Now, I'm having an actual book that's going to drop on Amazon April 1st. April 1st, okay. I have a book where you can order it um, off Amazon. And um, it's really creative. I got shooting tips on every page. It's mm-hmm. a it's an image based book where you can see images of showing you how how you should hold the ball, um, mm-hmm. how, how every part of your body should be. Um, it has shooting drills and shooting charts. Um, okay. That that you can work on your shot daily by yourself or with a partner. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to add another piece for the high school kids where they uh could actually uh learn about the NCAA recruiting process and things like that. So that's pretty okay. Much- Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So make sure you guys go when it drops on the 1st of April, you can get the the copy of the book. But if you want to get it before then, you can go and get the ebook um, and read that to improve your shooting. That's, I'm glad, I'm, I, I like what you said that you, you saw that you had a gift and that you had a talent and could offer something for people. And you decided to put that to use and um, develop that that book. So I think that's that's great. Um, along with you being a coach, I appreciate you being a coach because, like I said, I think it's one of the toughest jobs. And you're able to mentor young women, and I think that that is a great thing. So I applaud you and thank you for what you do um, and what you are doing for our our youth and our young women today. Uh, want to thank you again for for coming on um, and talking and um, debating and conversating and um, with me with me today. So I, I appreciate you. Oh no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So make sure you guys share the episode, like the episode. You can follow me on Instagram at the J Spot. Um, can you can you drop your uh, your Instagram um, real quick? Uh, Coach Killer Five. That's Coach, and then Killer is spelled K-I-L-A. Then the number five. So make sure you follow, follow, um, and again, please, please, please support and and get his book um, either on ebook or when it drops on April the first. Wanna thank you all for listening, and until next time. Yeah. Just pull up this spot for the win. Yeah. We got Nelly with the news, never lose, don't be misconstrued, these is all facts, from the contracts to the combat, from the end zone to who at back for the win, yeah, just pull up this spot for the win, yeah, pull up this spot for the win, just pull up this spot for the win.